who should be the starting quarterback for the Titans to begin the season of 2023. We've been talking about it for weeks, months. Uh, we got a great guest who's going to be able to give some very educated insight on uh, what his opinion is on the situation. Can't wait to bring him on. We've got a lot of great stuff to talk about tonight on the Stick Podcast. Talking Titans, Sammy, start me up. Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Talking Titans. Ladies and gentlemen, 94 yards. Touchdown, Titans! He is the baddest man in the NFL! And he just took her to the house! The Sickest Tennessee Titans Podcast. Sick! It's gonna be sick. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another edition of the Sick Podcast, Talking Titans. I'm joined always by my two co-hosts, Jared Vin. Uh, how you doing tonight, fellas? Holding in? Yeah, could be good. better, could be worse. The Sixers are out, but basketball is fucking stupid anyway. Yeah, it is, and I warned you about that weeks ago, so you shouldn't be too surprised. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. Um, we got another great show for you today. I don't want to waste any time bringing our guest in tonight. Um, he's got a lot of great insight. We can't wait to have him on, so... Let's bring him right in, Mr. Steve Minello with Pro Football Focus. Does a lot of work for them, analyzing quarterbacks. Also is with uh, QB Impact uh, with some skill development stuff as well. Steve, how are you doing tonight? Man, I'm great. Uh, appreciate you guys for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, we, we appreciate you coming on and taking some time out of your night so we can pick your brain. Uh, I want to jump right into it. Uh, on this podcast, I think the, the running joke or at least the daily argument that we have each and every week is uh, what direction this team should go quarterback-wise as it pertains to the 2023 season. Now, obviously, um, I don't think it's uh, far-fetching to say that beyond this season, Ryan Tannehill is probably not going to be with the team unless he does something absolutely miraculous. Um, But first, let me just start off. As far as the Titans drafting Will Levis, uh, where did you have him as far as, you know, quarterback readiness in the Senate draft, and where was he on your board? No, that's a great question. Uh, you know, obviously, Bryce Young and C.J. Trout were the top two guys, as mentioned. And I think Levis fell underneath those two. Uh, not, to, not to knock Will Levis' ability. We all know he can throw the ball really well. Uh, I think it was more so of the season that they had at Kentucky. Um, he had a lot of issues. Obviously, he was sacked 46 times, which led the SEC um, so that, that's, that's tough. Uh, and their offense only scored 20 points a game. Uh, so, and now it's not all on Levis, of course, uh, that, you know, the line was kind of new. They had some young guys in and same for skills position. So, uh, but obviously the tape, he stands out, man, he can throw from anywhere, uh, any arm angle, pretty much uh, big guy. So obviously, you know, we've seen that, uh, we saw what he did at the combine, uh, man, it's pro day. So, uh, you know, I think that uh, I think where he was selected was pretty good for the Titans. Um, they didn't have to, you know, obviously move up or anything to grab them. They didn't have to go crazy. Uh, so uh, I think it's a good spot. So, so you work with a lot of quarterbacks, correct? Yeah. So what we do uh, here in Oklahoma City or Oklahoma in general, not just Oklahoma City, where I'm at QB Impact with Coach Tom George. Uh, he is like the QB guru here. Uh, I'm one of the coaches on the staff, one of his QB coaches, uh, and I've been doing that now for a couple of years with Tom. So it's been great. Uh, prior to that, I was I mentioned earlier, I was in Buffalo, New York, coaching a little bit up there and coaching QBs a little bit as well. But uh, but definitely something I love to do. 
Uh, love being out there with all the guys. It's great. All right, so that's a broad introduction for yourself on the podcast. So now this is going to lead right into my question. So when you're developing quarterbacks and you're looking at quarterbacks, what do you actually see in their in their um, I guess their progression as because we're armchair we're armchair uh, scouts. Obviously, we like to call ourselves, but everybody, like I said on the podcast, we fall in love with a 6'4", 230-pound quarterback that can throw the ball a mile, right? What yep. do you as a quarterback developer see and teach these quarterbacks how, how, how they prepare for the NFL drafts? That's another great question. So, obviously, you know, you look at guys, even we go from we train youth, high school to college yeah. to every level, really. Um, and we start with, like, in, in QB terms of coaching, the base, so your lower half. And, you know, it takes time for some guys to get that down. A lot of guys think they can just throw because of arm strength. You know, everyone wants to be like Mahomes or Josh Allen, but that's not always the case. So uh, guys like, you know, a a smaller guy, Bryce, uh, you know, and there's nothing against him. But, you know, you can see on film he's really connected on his lower half, and that's how the ball is able to jump out of his hand. So we always start like that, look at that way. We progress, then we go to arm motion um, and all that. But – you know, honestly, it's a great question. I, I would say for like a common, you know, fan, they always will look at the arm first, but yeah. but that's really not the case. So when we when we're the, when we're looking at quarterbacks, because we've seen obviously Malik Willis on our team and yep. now Will Levis coming back, you see their pro days have tremendous pro days. But um, we talked about the podcast as well, where can they actually read an NFL defense week in and week out? And can they sustain that accuracy throughout their NFL career? Do you guys teach like how to read defenses, you know, from week in, week out and obviously the accuracy? Yeah. So we, you know, every training session we have or camp that we have, uh, you know, all of our quarterbacks are, are trained for progression, read, uh, obviously what kind of coverages we're talking about when we're running routes on air or one-on-one. So, yeah, that's definitely something we go over with our guys and especially at high school level and above, of course, you know, obviously underneath that is, is more fundamentals, but yeah, high school and above, definitely always talking, getting to know these guys, uh, letting them understand, you know, more so of the game. Uh, it's not just going out here and throwing the ball on air for 60 yards. You got to be able to read the defense, got to be able to get the ball out on time. Uh, so yeah, we definitely work through all that. Um, well, first off, thanks for coming on. And I understand through your Instagram, uh, I'm sorry, Twitter bio that you are a, a vet as well. So thank you. We appreciate your service. Absolutely. Uh, we should have let off that, that one first. Always, always you have more, good. more stones than I do. That's for sure. Um, so what I wanted to ask was, and I think we want to get Titans fans a little excited is, you know, what is your NFL comparison for Will Levis? Who do you see? In his game, who do you see as a in in whose current NFL game do you see in Will Levis a little bit toward the question a little better? And what do you think his ceiling might be? And what do you think his floor might be? If you want to give a few um, comparisons to current NFL quarterbacks, and please don't yeah. say Ryan Tannehill. No, I won't <laughs> say Ryan Tannehill. Hey, it's some shit. Yeah, Come they're, on, they're definitely not the same uh, as far as Levis goes. Um, big guy, like we know, kind of has that, and I don't obviously don't want to compare the two, but kind of has that Allen type frame. Um, so we know, and the arm, right? So he has that, uh, maybe not as mobile as Josh Allen. Um, as far as like ceiling goes, you would think that uh, he could be that kind of player. Um, floor, I would say, uh, man, that's tough because I hate to compare a lot of guys, you know what I mean? Because they all can play. 
but um, a floor, maybe don't don't hate me, guys, but maybe a Carson Wentz. Uh, I'm a Commander fan, so I, I've I've seen a lot of Wentz. So, uh, but again, that's just a just a you know broad comparison. Nothing nothing to say that that's going to happen. So, but well, he's a talent. He's a talented player. You got us excited enough with the Josh Allen. That's the name I was hoping. <laughs> there you go. That's the name I was hoping you were going to say, and that's all I need to hear because now I believe it. So, <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, yeah. So the Titans are in a situation where they they have two quarterbacks that they drafted in the upper echelon of the draft over the past two years. Um, I haven't been shy with uh, my allegiance to Malik Willis when he arrived here just about a year ago. That's for damn um, sure. There, uh, there's plenty of different ways you can look at his rookie season as far as how to analyze it. I've been pretty constant in saying I think the franchise did a really, you know, a, a disservice to him uh, with the way they used him and in the situations they used him and how much they allowed him to throw. I uh, kind of just want to see as far as you know what your, how you viewed him coming into the the, the draft last year if you saw him. Uh, as a more NFL-ready guy than he looked? Um, and also, do you foresee a possibility of him possibly getting into that starting caliber-type quarterback in the league? Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's another great question. And I think a lot of people are kind of writing off Malik Willis a little too early. Uh, you know, this, he was a rookie last year, okay, and he struggled. But the whole offense struggled, other than Derrick Henry. <laughs> so um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's kind of unfair to say that uh, – and I've heard the term uh, bust already on Malik Willis. I think that's kind of unfair. In college, you know, he did play in a, a very QB-friendly scheme with, with Liberty. And, you know, the ball was out of his hands quick. There's a lot of one-read – one read stuff, but I still think that uh, talent wise, man, he's an athlete. And, and and of course you guys know that because you guys are Titans fans, but man, he's an athlete. He can, he, he, he can move as well as anyone as at that position and his arm strength is crazy. So uh, he can play. It's just a matter of is Tennessee the right fit? You know, that, that's another question. Um, and I think with them taking Levis kind of, and a lot of people thought that, you know, Malik would be traded. You know, or or even release some of thought that I saw that on, on some reports on Twitter. But I'm glad they were able to keep him on, let him compete. But I think with Levis coming in, uh, it it, it kind of shows that they're kind of leaning to to pushing Malik out the door. I hope I hope not for him, but if that's the case, you know, I'm sure he'll catch on elsewhere and and maybe get a chance to prove that he can play because I think he can. So, so as this quarterback room shakes up, we have three NFL starting quarter caliber starting quarterbacks, right? Everyone bashes. I'm a big Ryan Tannehill fan. You know, he was. I know it doesn't say much, but he is the second best quarterback in Titans history, like I said, behind Steve McNair. But you know, we drafted Will Levis. Do you honestly, you know, he, he's got an expiring contract, Ryan Tannehill, at the end of the year. He's he's worth a lot of money right now, $36 million. Do you think the Titans actually, after June 1st, could possibly cut him? And do you think they're gonna? Uh, insert Will Levis as a starting quarterback, or if they keep him, how do you think the roster with the QB room actually plays out in order? Yeah, judging by a coach like Vrabel, Mike Vrabel, I don't see that happening. I think that uh, I think Tannehill probably going to camp as a starter, and then you know he'll, he'll obviously they'll they'll battle it out, right? We'll see yeah. during the preseason. Uh, I think Tannehill. I'm, I kind of agree with you. I think he's he's a solid quarterback. He's a solid starter. Um, you know, is he? A top guy, no, but I think he can get the. He's proven he can get the job done. They've went to the playoffs. 
you know, obviously Derrick Henry can help any quarterback. So um, they're blessed there to have him. But at the same time, Tannehill has won games. And, you know, that you never can discredit a quarterback that's won games. That we, you know, there's the talk all the time about Dak in Dallas. Well, Dak Prescott wins games. I mean, you know, is he a, a, a tier one guy? Probably not. But, you know, he wins games. So it's always hard to replace those guys. I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm a commander fan. And we're now on Sam Howe. So can he play? Who the heck knows? He's played one game, guys. So, you know, I would love to kind of be in y'all situation where you have different, you know, guy that's proven, and then you got a, a two young guns right behind him. That's not a bad place to be in. I wouldn't say that too loud that you want to be in our situation. <laughs> well, coming from a commander fan, you guys are all, you guys have been in the playoffs quite a bit, so it, it'd be nice. Do you have anything else, Jared? I think I cut you off a little bit. No, I was gonna. I was gonna say if you if you actually can predict it, do you think uh, Will Levis can actually beat out Ryan Tannehill for the starting quarterback job this year with the fundamentals, or do you think they let the rookie sit one year under him, develop and start next year? I mean, he, he we don't have the fifth year option this year, so right. I think that right now, I think it's Tannehill's job. Now, if things go south and the team starts, you know, going south, I think then you could see them going, okay, it's time to put Will in. Let's see what he's got. Let's throw him in now. It's his team anyway of the future. Let's see. But right now, I, I, I think it's Tannehill's job to lose. So I'm glad that you said that um, because my question is for you, let's just say for argument's sake, that Ryan Tannehill is our quarterback going into the year. And for, you know, for argument's sake as well, we add a veteran, a Jarvis Landry, a Galladay to kind of shore up that receiver room. Do you still feel as though, with the knowledge you have working for PFF and being a quarterback guy, do you think that this team is well-coached enough, um, you know, with Mike Rabel and having a guy like Derrick Henry and a very, very stout defense, do you feel as though that this division is still up for grabs? Um, because right now it seems like a lot of, a lot of you know, mainstream media is overlooking the Titans as potentially one of the worst teams in the league and, you know, obviously we're a little biased. I don't see it, especially when you have that defense and Derrick Henry and Mike Vrabel. So do you see the ceiling for this team as potential division winners? I do. You know, so uh, Indianapolis is is more than likely going to start a rookie, right? So it's, it's pretty close anyway. I'm sure it's going to be Richardson's team. Houston, we know probably will. Okay. So those are two very young teams. Okay. So then you got to look at Jacksonville, who I think is really on the come up. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is, is going to be a, a really, really, really good quarterback. So, and they've got a good coach over there too. And Doug, so I think that uh, it's going to be Tennessee and Jacksonville battling out. Um, so I don't see any reason why the Titans don't have a shot to make the playoffs, regardless of if they win a division or not, they are a talented team. If Tannehill stays healthy, if Derrick Henry stays healthy, We've seen it. The formula has worked for them. They've made playoff runs. So if I'm a Titan fan, I, I wouldn't I, – honestly, not making the playoffs or having a, a really bad season would be a huge disappointment. Well, between the Josh Allison, Josh Allen comparison and saying that, you know, <laughs> you are more than welcome back on the show, buddy. Appreciate hey, you, it, my man. You brought, you brought up uh, Anthony Richardson, okay? 
I know there was a lot of hype on him coming into the draft, and you know our name was floating around between all the quarterbacks besides Bryce Young. Um, he's in our division now, obviously with CJ Stroud. What do you? What? How did you see and how did you rank Anthony Richardson coming out in this draft? Because he was a six and seven starter at Florida. He only started one year. Uh, he's a very athletic freak of a quarterback. You know, he has that same stature, but it, can he sustain the, at the NFL level? Where did you have him? Uh, that's a great question. You know, he was in that tier with those guys of Levis, Stroud, Young, those guys. So he wasn't far behind. His athletic ability is just stupid. Uh, we know that he can throw it a country mile. Um, now, the key for him is he's just very raw, right? Yeah. He hasn't played a lot of football, especially at that level. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to see if they really do throw him out there week one. But uh, regardless, I think he's got a lot of potential. Obviously, um, and like we said, I mean, it's it's going to fall onto the schemes too. A lot of a lot of these times, it falls into are these quarterbacks set up in in the right scheme in the next level because they all can play. It's just yeah. now we're okay. Now we're in the NFL. It's it's a big difference, right? So um, now both of those guys, Levison and Richardson, played high level SEC football, where defensive coverages are way more exotic than your Big Twelve or your Big Ten. Yeah. So because you obviously have guys like Saban running around. So um, that will help both of those guys. That means they've seen a lot, but uh, it's still different, man. That level, the speed is, is a different ball game. So but no, I think I think Levis and Richardson are in that same boat. Like they both have that kind of big time potential. Steve, let me ask you a question. Is there any quarterbacks that were selected later on in the rounds um, that you think some people are overlooking some sleepers that were taken late um, that you think have some serious potential of being possible perennial starters in the league? You know, oddly enough, I think, and everyone's laughed about his age, but I, I think Stetson Bennett could be like a Brock Purdy type quarterback. Uh, not someone that's going to carry an offense, but he'll manage the game really well. He's won. We know that. He can win football games. Again, played in a high-level conference, football conference. He is older, but that I mean, that doesn't really mean a whole lot. I think he could still – I think he could surprise, especially with McVay. I think he could surprise some, some teams and some guys. Now, I'm not saying he'll be Brock Purdy because Brock Purdy's only had one good season too. We can't even label him as the next guy, mm. but um, – you know, and, and coming off that injury is going to be tough. But I think Bennett kind of can compare to him. Mm. Jarrett, you want to uh, get us into uh, the next segment? You want you want to go right into Think Fast, huh? All right, so we, we, we got a new segment called Think Fast. We're going we're gonna to ask you a series of questions to get you to know you a little bit better. So, Sammy, start us up. Think Fast. All right, so uh, question one is, who who's the favorite quarterback you ever worked with? Oh, my goodness, that's tough. Uh, if we go college guys, since we work, we train a lot of college guys, I, and it's not um, talent-wise because we, we have got very talented throwers, but I think personality-wise, I'd say uh, Michael Bowens from OU, who's now going to Charlotte. And, and we, again, that's it's not a favorite. He just yeah. – his, his energy is just really good. But we have a great group of college guys, so I, I can never say favorite. You know what I mean? I got you. Uh, but for this for this one, you may be able to say favorite. You, we know All your right. NFL fo- – we, we know your NFL football team is the Redskins. You said it before. What about your, your college football team? So college uh, – yeah, I grew up on the Gulf Coast. I was always a Gator fan. And then when I moved out this way to Oklahoma – uh, obviously become a Sooner fan. So I, I like kind of both. But if I had to pick one, I'm in a Sooner state, I'll go with OU. 
All right, I'm a Florida State fan, so I was going to say. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, biggest accomplishment so far for you? Oh, man. I, You know, honestly, uh, my kids, That I always say that. Like, I, uh, my, I got two sons that are great. Uh, they, they keep me going, man, that, you know, and that it's, it's awesome. So I, I don't really talk a lot about accomplishments or nothing like that, but my boys are, they, they keep me up, man. They keep me uh, going. So listen, I got twin boys. Like you saw in the, in the beginning yes. of the show, I got one that's going to be here in another 14 days. So that's oh, definitely an accomplishment for me too. So yeah, I exactly. um, your favorite summertime drink to crush on the deck. Oh man, it, you know if it was up to my guy, Coach Tom George, he he'd probably be drinking a uh, a little fruity drink. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, I think I'm a beer guy. I like I like any. I, I mean, um, th this Yuling Lager has really got on to me lately. You know, we uh, when I lived in New York, it was all over the place, and I never really tried it because I was always on drinking Corona. But then when it just came to Oklahoma, and I'm, I'm so that's probably my favorite. A favorite sports memory. Oh, favorite sports memory. Um, yeah. I would uh, – I'll go to – you know, I grew up a big Brett Favre fan uh, from southern Mississippi. So, okay. uh, you know, as a kid, he was like my guy. You know, obviously, he's, he's one of the reasons why I, I love football. <clears throat> so, him winning the Super Bowl was pretty dang cool. All right, man. We appreciate you coming on, dude. It was, it's been a blast, and hopefully you definitely come back on. Oh, man, i love to. Appreciate you guys, man. I'm I, I definitely going to start following in and, and checking the podcast out. It's awesome. I like what you guys are doing. Appreciate it. We appreciate you, man. Steve, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll definitely catch you on the flip, and uh, we appreciate you taking time out of your night to, to talk some football with us. You have a great rest of your night. Appreciate it, guys. Y'all too. All righty. So, again, that was Steve Manella with Pro Football Focus, also does QB development with QB Impact. Um, you can find him on Twitter at Coach Manella, uh, C-O-A-C-H-M-A-N-E-L-L-A. -L -L -A. We want to thank him for joining the show. Uh, a lot of great insight. Um, I'd have to respectfully disagree with him on his uh, stance of starting Tannehill first, but that's not because of his – that's not because of his um, – his opinion is much more educated than mine. Obviously, I'm just much more biased um, because I can't – I just I can't deal with the guy, you know, just leading us to – mediocre anymore but of course he's a more established guy he's definitely it's very unlikely will levis jumps in and performs better than ryan Tannehill out of the gate um you guys know why, I, you're, why you're i'm you're almost maturing before our eyes i am no i am listen i'm not going to stand here and say this guy's going to roll through and he's going to look like freaking you know uh brett Favre or or any of these other guys you know cannon arms i get it I know. It's just like, as I've said over and over again, and especially which Vin brings up often, which is the right, you know, the, the right way to look at it. We don't have that fifth year. So, you know, the sooner the better, you know, we all know we're not winning a Super Bowl. So why the fuck waste our time another year of trying to claw our way to 10 wins to get a home playoff game and get shellacked in, in the first or second round when we can start, you know, beginning to mature this kid and getting him ready to lead our team into the future, you know? Well, I mean, I think Tennessee almost looks at their situation. It's weird to say. I think they kind of look at it in a certain way as a win-win, whereas they feel as though, like Steve said, that they're going to compete with Tannehill, could possibly win that division, which would be, you know, all fine and dandy with us to get us into the playoffs again, as bleak as that playoff picture might look, considering we're going to have to go against the Buffaloes and the Kansas Cities and the Miamis and, you know, the Herberts of the world. Um, the boroughs and whatnot, but I think they look at it as a win-win because they feel as though they can win the division, 
And if not, if they do struggle early, we have a guy waiting in the wings that we're going to put in there and see what we got. So on one side of the fence, you have a team that you think could compete with Tannehill and win that division. And if you start out one and five, two and five, and you want to throw Levis in and you think your season's kind of lost and you want to see what this kid has for, for 10 games, then sure, go for it. So not to say that's a win-win, but I don't think Tennessee, the organization, is looking at themselves in a pessimistic way that the mainstream media is that way a lot of Titans fans are. I think they're looking at it, you know, glass half full, not half empty type thing. Yeah, we're used to being the 13-3 and three Titans as a couple of years ago and having the ridiculous offense and everything. Now everything toned down a little bit. So now we're out of the spotlight. We're not the power ranking number one. We're not and it could be worse. Ranking. It could be a yeah. commander fan. Yeah. yeah, we're not in the power rankings in the top ten no more. But you know what? We're gonna we're gonna be there in my top opinion. ten worst. No, nah, we're gonna be there at the end of the year, and we're gonna fight and claw because Mike Vrabel's our head coach, and he's not gonna let this team die on the hill. And I think that possibly they're gonna lean on the defense once again. Who knows? They could be the the two thousand and one or what was it two thousand and two Bucks where the Buccaneers and Trent Dilfer went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> And, oh, no, oh no. my gosh! Was it Trent Dilfer? No, it was. Yeah. Uh, no, it was Trent Brad Dilfer. Johnson. All right, Johnson. Johnson. Trent Dilfer was with the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. Ravens. Yeah, Brad Johnson. Out of all people, are you kidding me? Come on, believe it. Believe well, God, it. Have, God, have God, bless your, God bless your soul, Jared. Yeah, your God faith. bless. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Nick Westbrook Aquino is going to be Super Bowl MVP. With <laughs> no, the wide receivers coming. For the wide receivers coming. Yes, I'm DeAndre. telling you right now. DeAndre Hopkins. It's coming. It's Kevin coming Byer. after June 1st. Kevin Byer for DeAndre Hopkins. Vinny's going to be jumping for joy. <laughs> I'd be so conflicted, but I would have no choice but to be about it. I mean, if I, I, I you know, I, if they can, if they think they really want to move Buda Baker, then that's a, that's a good trade for them because you're not going to get any better at the no. same position than Kevin Byer if you're no. going to move Buda Baker. And, you know, clearly Hopkins doesn't want to be there, but I just have this sick feeling he's going to end up on. Fucking Kansas City or oh, Baltimore no. or, or 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 Philly because <laughs> they need uh, him. <laughs> no, no, they they can't afford him. But it, what I what I really would like to to stop happening, and and this is just, and I know it's going to happen no matter what, but it really grinds my gears. All these people that are like, here we go, another washed up guy who's you know not going to be able to stay healthy. Like, okay, two last two years he's had some injury problems. But he still has uh, 1,200 yards over the last two seasons, and he played a little over a season. So, and then before that, Pro Bowl, All Pro, All Pro, All Pro. So yeah, he's 30 years old, but he is without a shadow of a doubt, as far as talent's concerned, when healthy, a top five receiver in this entire league. He's got hands, so I, man. I mean, that's the best route runner in the league, in my opinion. And this is a team that has literally nobody. To throw to, I mean, I, I even if he winds up being another Julio Jones, I just can't fathom it being a risk not worth taking. Okay, well, you're not he's, he's you're not gonna have to give healthy. up, you know, first round picks for him. I don't think, I don't no, think you will. I mean, no. whatever it is, if it's a second in two years and Kevin Byard or something, whatever, like just make it happen because if you get him, then everything changes. Every now you're talking DeAndre Hopkins, assuming hopefully he's healthy, Traylon Burks, Chig, the new kid Wiley. Then you got the defense, Derrick Henry. Then everything seems like you know what? If the defense plays as good, we can make a run at this thing. 
I'm telling but you, that's it, what I'm saying. We have one, one wide be, receiver away. But it needs to be elite. We're oh, one yeah. elite wide receiver away from, I think, actually possibly being a contender. Now, I think a lot of people are overlooking our, our corners. Our corners. Mm, it's a know. young cornerback room. It's, it's a young cornerback room. But like I said, if Farley shows 60% of what he has not shown already, we're going to be all right, especially with Bunting coming over full. And that room is deep. You got Molden coming back too, and you got um the rookie from McCreary, last year too. McCreary. Yeah, so I mean, we're, we're going to be fine there. It's just a wide receiver, man. Burks could be that elite guy for us, but he needs a compliment. He can't be doubled and tripled every time. He needs no. that DeAndre Hopkins. He needs like a, a Michael Evans. Who knows? What about Chris Godwin? Didn't he uh, sign an extension too with yeah, the Buccaneers? Yeah, so f- forget him. I, w- I was thinking that. But I'm telling you, Hunter Renfro, I, bro- I brought up to you guys again in the chat uh, this past week. That room, something's going to happen there, man. He yeah, seems I mean, to be the odd like man him. out. I would like him, but, like, I don't – again, it's, it's funny. Know, you, want, you, want the tr- you want the true X, though. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, the, I don't think – I think there's a better chance Kyle Phillips could be as good as Hunter Renfro. He's not moving the needle. He's not. <laughs> you, can, you can do fucking this all you want. They, they don't have one. at the Right now, they don't have one. And they need one if they want to contend for a division. I'm sorry. You guys you guys really need to understand how good Jacksonville is. And I don't think anyone – everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's Jaguars. No. We own them. And no, dude, this is a completely I different I'm not doubting Jacksonville at all. Listen, I live 10 minutes outside of Frilly. Dougie P is a fucking legend around here. You know, he's got a statue outside Xfinity Live. So – Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to be a top five quarterback in the league this year, if not next year. You know, especially could with the offensive weapons he has now, and has yeah. Calvin Ridley coming back, like like Sal likes to to bring up. You know, they're going to be loaded, but I feel as though this this they're going to have a first place schedule. You know, they caught everyone by surprise last year. This year, they're they're not going to. They're going to get everybody's best shot. And our defense has the potential to be a, a I think, already a top five unit in the league. And I think they have the potential to be a top three unit, arguably one of the best units in the league when they're clicking on all cylinders. We did nothing but add to our defensive line. We're going to get Howard Landry back. Um, I think sky's the limit with this defense. So, you know, I'm not underestimating Jacksonville at all, but Tennessee is going to be no tough out, one, because of our coach, and two, I think our defense is going to be top tier. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad glad you said that because no one's really talking about how tough this division is going to be, and I really think it's going to be a really tough one. Everyone is predicting Houston to have like four wins. I don't see that happen, and I think D'Amico Ryan's is going to have that team ready to play with 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 the stuff that they added in this offseason. And I think CJ Stroud with Damian Pierce, they have the the guy John uh, John Michi too. Michi, yeah, Michi. They have um. Robert Woods there, I mean, he did nothing with us. But who knows, maybe they revive him out there. You know, I think that team is going to be pretty tough, a pretty tough out. The Colts, I think they're in shambles. So it's going to be tough. I don't think the Colts – listen, I think this division is going to account for like 32, 33 wins. I'm telling you right now, I really do. I really do. I don't think the Colts – I mean – the Colts still are, are – are, they have some talent on that team. Yeah, they, they have, have some, some talent, talent on both sides oh, of the ball. Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, you know, um, the, the linebacker. The defense is a lot name. better than, they, than people say. I mean, they're not, if, 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 if it is Richardson and he's half as good as what his ceiling is, they're going to win five, six games by yeah, the they'll, Yeah, they'll win five games. So, I mean, I think Houston – Houston's easily got, I think they're yeah, I think they're going for you know, six they got or seven. arguably the best defensive player in the draft. They got arguably a top two quarterback in the draft. 
They got young talent at, on defense. I mean, they, they, I mean, I think realistically they have a better chance of winning three or four games than the other three. But yeah, I think surprise people win six, seven games. I think Houston's going to be a lot like last year, Chicago Bears, where they showed signs of, of life and were in a lot of games, but are just so young and you know so inexperienced at so many different positions. They're going to struggle to win six, seven that. games. I think. Listen, if they win six games. Good for them, but at the end of the day, I think they're more of a four or five win team, and their goal here is to show that Stroud is the guy, D'Amico Ryans is their coach of the future, and that going forward they have something to look forward to. I just don't think they're there yet. But, I mean, listen, this is the NFL, and you're one injury away from from being a contender or being you know out of it. So you you never know what could happen, and I'm not wishing injury injury on on anybody. God knows we've been plagued with them the last few years, but – I mean, like I said, Vrabel's a, a former coach of the year. is going to have us in every game. Our defense is top tier. And we have the best running back in the league. So, you know, the national media, you know, pessimistic Titans fans are saying we're going to be 5-12. and, and 12. I, I just don't see it. I think we're going to be right there um, for this division. Listen, I, like I said, the only reason I keep mentioning about the needle movers is that um, it's because of Jacksonville. That's that's the main thing. We're 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 not the we're not the top dogs anymore in the South, right? Right now, right now, um, you can't lose seven in a row and allow a team to take the division when we had about a ninety five percent chance to win the division after week eight. Um, you know, you can't say you're the top dogs. It doesn't matter what the recent history has been. So, um, and until we get that guy, that X factor on offense to complement the rest of our offense. You know we're going to be on the outside looking in, and right now we don't have them. So I don't, you know, I can't, I can't get on board with the contending part of any of this until that guy comes. And if he doesn't come, then the only way that's going to happen is if one of these guys that hasn't shown up yet or shows up, whether that be um, Kyle Phillips, whether that be Chika Conquo taking another step and becoming an, you know, a Pro Bowl tight end, whether that be you know the new running back becoming the next freaking, you know. Uh, Whatever you want to say, we're gonna like him, man. You know? He's gonna be the compliment we've been looking for. Yeah, for you know, we've been years. searching for this guy for better part of a decade now. You know, yeah. I Deion Lewis, Deion Lewis, Darrington Evans, Ron Rand knows, man. He's got Elijah Mitchell. He had uh, uh the guy from uh, Miami who just they just shipped out San Francisco. He knows running backs, and I think we got a gem. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, the only the only knock on this guy is if he's going to stay healthy. Everything else, all other signs yeah. point to him being, you know, talent level Alvin Kamara type talent level. So, um, you know, we got to hope that whatever his ACL is, the guy doesn't want to talk about it. That's probably not a good sign. But he refused to talk about it. We got to hope he's he's fine and he can play. Coached by his his representation, not to talk about it. Yeah. He got drafted. He's going to get asked about it. He's going to say he's healthy. You yeah. know. Well, you know, it is what it is. But uh, until that guy comes along, that that you know tilts the scale our way, I, I just I can't get on board with, with the contending part. And hopefully that comes. There's still time. There's still options. I think DeAndre Hopkins makes the most sense. That I mean, that is not only a needle mover, that's a scale breaker, in my opinion. Um, what did he say he wanted? A stable organization with a good stable, stable, stable staff, a quarterback that loves the game, and a good defense. And of course, I made a tweet showing Will Levis getting drafted and him flexing, and Vrabel, Amy, and Carthon. And then I showed uh, Simmons and Landry as far as our defense. I mean, he got it. 
you know, you could plug and place Tannehill in there. Okay. But I'll be honest, I think Hopkins would be more excited to learn he's playing with a rookie with a chip on his shoulder than a guy who's been in the league 10 years and has basically nothing to show for it. So we'll see. Um, he's got something to show for it. He's got some some uh, some 85-yard passing playoff wins, so I'll give him that. Uh, but we'll see. You know, time will tell. June 1st is creeping up, creep, creep, creeping up. And once that day passes, if he's still on the team on June 2nd, I think that answers our question because it wouldn't make sense to just – Hopefully we'll have a wide along. receiver on June 2nd. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. hopefully, um, but we'll see. Time will tell. Uh, so yeah, that, that should wrap it up tight. You guys have anything else you want to add before we close shop? Yeah, man. Uh, shout out to the to the Titans social media team, man. They've been putting out some fire content. Um, if you guys didn't check it out so far, they they released uh, today Music City Football. I watched yeah. it on YouTube. It goes through, uh, you know, shows uh, what ran. What is going through as an NFL GM and what's leading up to the draft? So shout out to them, man. They they got some fire content out right now. Yeah, fire content. But let's not hope that that is the biggest excitement we have. Yeah, for real. Yeah, Titan socials. Nothing would be more typical Titans than our schedule release being the highlight of our year. (laughs) Yeah, Titan socials uh, still in my doghouse right now, but they got time. They got time. Still waiting for my my basket that Paul Kaharski said I was going to get from them, apologizing for what they did. That hasn't come yet. Um, but sue for defamation. Sue for defamation. Hey, we're 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 waiting for followers. We didn't have any we, we need followers. What do you mean? The, tit- the Titans to follow us. Oh yeah, no, I don't know what that's yeah. about. I'll, I'll send a few DMs. See that's what I have your people call their people. Yeah. Well, right now they're dealing with uh, Paul Kaharski's lawyers. So once they're done with that, <laughs> then I'll, I'll sign them in another mission. Um, yeah. So I'm sure uh, we'll, we'll get that in order. So as always, guys, make sure you like, follow, share, subscribe, thumbs up, all that good stuff. Every week we're growing and growing, and we appreciate all the love and support we're getting from everyone. Um, and we're going to continue to give you the best content we can give. So uh, make sure you check us out on all the, the platforms, YouTube and all that. So as always, guys, I hope you had a great night. hope you have a great day, great week. And as always, tighten up. Sammy, send me out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast Talking Titans on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.